And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Janet Thurgood, quantum healing practitioner, teacher, public speaker, and healing advocate. After a 25-year battle with Lyme disease, as well as a series of near-death experiences, she woke up to a higher version of who she was. Janet, thank you for joining me and welcome. Oh, thank you. It's a privilege to be on your show. You've you've had some really amazing people on here. And so it's an honor to be able to get to sit in this chair and talk to you. Thank um, you. I, I think we live in an amazing uh, time on the earth where lots of people are having incredible experiences as we're evolving into our own spirituality. So this is exciting. Janet, can we start with your near-death experiences first? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love to jump into that. Before I do, I want to preface it with this because I have a lot of people that ask me, I don't have near-death experiences, so I must not be special. And I just want to, um, I want to dissolve that myth right now because every one of you that's watching this right now, you are uniquely, divinely sacredly special and and we're all having our own experiences whether it's through health challenges or drama or trauma or whatever obstacles are in our way just some of us have near-death experiences as a catalyst to help us um spiritually awaken to um higher levels of ourselves and to to touch the divine so i want to talk a little bit about how what led up to my near-death experience, because I feel like the backstory is really important. So when I was really little, I was a little girl, and I've always known that I was very spiritually sensitive um, to the divine. I would have dreams and visions and visitations, and um, I didn't know how to define that. I didn't know how to describe it. I didn't know how to talk about it to anybody. And so um, I was afraid of being shamed and shunned uh, by my experiences because they were kind of out there. Um, I had a very active imagination and intuition, um, but I, I learned very early on that you can't, it's hard to interface with the, the mortal dimension when you're up in spirit all of the time. And so slowly I kind of had to push that part of myself down deeper and deeper and bury that those aspects of myself that were really spiritually sensitive so that I could function in the world. And many of you out there, listeners and watchers, you know that that's not a good idea, that when you start burying your divine spiritual nature and your gifts and your abilities um, that comes with biological consequences and it can make you very sick. And that's exactly what happened to me. I ended up experiencing 25 years worth of autoimmune problems, um, chronic pain, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue. Uh, I had chronic migraines, um, anxiety and depression that goes along with all of that stuff. And it was very difficult for, for me to function, uh, but I didn't know why. <laughs> And, and my story, now that I look back with hindsight, I now know that it was the divine, it was God, it was my higher self, whatever you want to call it, was beckoning me to come back. I had buried my, the authentic nature of my soul so deep 
that I was being invited just to come back, come back and be who you are. And I think that that's the invitation for all of us. So um, with this illness, I had lots of opportunity to spend a lot of time in bed. <laughs> and, um, you know, sometimes the pain would be so bad. Sometimes the fatigue would be so intense that I would have these experiences where I would drift in and out of my body, not consciousness, but like in and out of my physical body to like, I was very aware of what was taking place. I could feel myself being almost like I was being pulled out or sucked out of my body. And I had to really fight to stay in it. And um, I had six children. I had a successful cleaning company that I ran out of my garage. I had 10 employees and I was very, very involved and busy in my church community. So I had a lot of things going on in my life and a lot of stress. And um, I had been brute forcing it for so long. Like underneath the surface, most people didn't know that I was really struggling with all of these things with my physical health. Most people didn't know about that. Um, but I, I was brute forcing it. And then after I had my sixth baby and I was in my forties, I decided I really want to get in shape again. I really want to take care, really good care of my body again. And I put a lot of the stresses away and started exercising. I started running well about a month and a half into that, um, that regimen of working my body out. Little did I know that my adrenals were not ready for that. And I, I collapsed on the side of the road. I was a month into my, my exercise regimen. I was feeling good. I was really loving it. I was high on endorphins and feeling good and experiencing the high of physical activity. But my body was not ready for that. And I collapsed on the side of the road and out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, I was living in rural Idaho in the Boise area and out on a dirt farm road. And um, it literally felt like I'd been hit by a car. I felt like, in fact, the way that I tell the story to a lot of people is that it felt like demons came and beat me up and punched me in the face and left me for dead on the side of the road because it was unseen. There was nobody there but me. I was all alone. And it took me um, a couple hours to get my, my senses back to where I could kind of inch my way back home. And it took me a long way to get a long time to get back home, but I did. And when I did, I collapsed in my bed and I spent the next two months there um, in and out of um, functionability. And um, my family just thought I was tired, but that sunk me deep into more of these out of body experiences. I'd be pulled in or pulled out and then come back in and pulled out and come back in. And while I was dancing around in this other dimension, I started to gain some perspective about the other realm, gaining perspective that our physical body and our brain is the actual veil that veils us from these other dimensions that we can't necessarily see. But your spirit is very aware of those things. And all of us has the ability to tap into that, but I didn't know that. Anyway, long story short, I went through that for several months and um, I didn't run again for about two years because I was terrified to go through that again. 
uh, I was able to nurse my way back to health and get some vitality back again and um, started exercising again with a net with a group of women from my church and we were out at a park just doing some low impact stuff. It was two years. I thought I was in the clear. I had been doing a lot of healing work on my own physical body. And so I felt like I was ready to start out slow. Again, about a month into this uh, regimen of exercising, same thing happened. I collapsed. I went unconscious. My body went into shock. Women were freaking out. Um, people were on their phones calling 911. I went blue. They couldn't get a pulse. Uh, and I popped out of my body. And while I was laying there, I was, I kind of, I separated from, I could feel myself leaving. I could feel myself moving somewhere else. And, um, and I had the thought to just look back. And as I looked back, I, I looked at my physical body. It was the first time that I'd ever really just kind of looked at her and, and she felt like not me. It felt like, um, I don't know, have you ever, when you look in the mirror, you know, you're, you, you look at yourself and you, you, re, you recognize yourself, but when your body's not animate, it's just like a, it's an inanimate object laying there on the ground. It's a weird experience to be conscious and to see that. And so I was sitting there observing my physical body going, wait a minute, I thought that was me. Like I, you know how you look in the mirror and you think you're looking at you, but you're just looking at dirt and water and cells and material, but you're not really looking at the true you. You're just looking at physical material that is a reflection of you. And so it was a weird experience to go, wait, I thought that was me. Who am I? And as I asked that question, who am I? I began to gain perspective and what I what I, what came over me in that moment was just this overwhelming feeling of love and peace. And I feel like I need to go back a little bit. So as I was shutting down, I was laying on the ground because I had collapsed and I was very aware that my physical body was like the extremities of my body were tightening up and I could feel the blood leaving my arms and my legs and I could feel them kind of curling in on themselves and my body went stiff and um, I lost the ability to breathe. I lost my eyesight. Everything went dark and I was panicking for a little bit. Like it was a little scary because the last thought that went through my mind was, crap, I'm going to die here. And I don't want to die here, but I'm going to die here. And I knew it. And um, so there was this little bit of panic in the moment when I couldn't catch my breath, but almost immediately it flipped over into undeniable, perfectly profound peace. And so as I sort of popped away from the body and moved into this corridor of peace and love and joy, um, it was one of the most profound experiences that I've ever had with separating from the body. Um, and I wanted to go deeper because it felt so amazing and it was so easy and so effortless. I remember telling my kids after coming home from the hospital after that, I will never fear the process of death again. Never. Because it was so easy and so, so smooth and so loving and peaceful. And anyway, my son said, 
yeah, you're never going to fear the process of death again. It's it's what happens before death you have to worry about. <laughs> anyway, um, as I went through that, there were three things that came to my understanding, three things that I that I gained perspective on. And the first one was, I am not my physical body. That is not who I am. And, and, um, and it was also extremely comforting to know that as I leave this physical body, if I, if I pop out of that body and go into another dimension, that I'm safe, that I still continue to exist. I still continue to, to move freely. Um, the the experience of it was like um being able to go anywhere being able to know anything being able to um just be tapped into the divine infinite intelligence of all that is and and i think most of us in our physical bodies don't realize that we even as living beings we have access to that i didn't know i had access to that until i separated from the body um and then, so that was the second thing that I learned was we have access to divine intelligence. The first thing is we are not our physical bodies. The third thing was you don't necessarily have to separate from your physical body in order to experience the divine, in order to touch the divine, in order to step into those dimensions where we all exist. Um, so those those were quite amazing epiphanies. When I went home from the hospital after that, I laid in bed for another series of months because it was painful to be back in my body and um, continued to have those little sucking out and coming back in where I was drifting away from and back into the body multiple times and getting um, very familiar with that um, etheric dimension, the fourth that we some people would call the fourth dimension and other dimensions. We have access to that even inside of our bodies. And so what I was learning as I was kind of coming and going in and out of this mortal but etheric state, I was learning that um, I have access to that even when I go back into the body. So after that experience, I hired a mentor um, he was a quantum healer, and he helped to teach me how to actually connect to the divine by going deep into the body. And when we would go through these experiences, I remember saying to him, Joshua, this feels identical to what it was like when I separated and popped out of the body and had my near-death out-of-body experience. And, and he said, exactly, because the body is the veil. And it's not necessarily just the body, but your brain is what is the veil that separates you from these other dimensions and other higher levels of consciousness. And he said, you can either pop away from the body through death, or you can go deep in the body through life um, to have that same experience. So now that's what I do as a quantum healing practitioner is I help take people deep inside of their own selves into the uncharted waters of who they really are so that they too can um, shift away from the mortal experience, I guess, if you want to call it that, the shift away from that in order for them really to touch the divine and, and access deeper levels of their own consciousness.
So that's my NDE. Um, it, I didn't go to heaven and talk to angels. However, the interesting thing about it is that um, as, as time has passed and I've had more of those experiences where I've been able to kind of fade away, but then come back in and go deep. Um, I have had opportunities where I could go to heaven and talk to angels and as I call it, touch the divine and have visitations and visions and um, prophetic revelatory experiences um, by going deep within the foundation of my soul. And I think that that's what happens to most people when they, when they have an NDE is that the body becomes less and less of a distraction. You're, you're less aware of the body. It's like it dissolves kind of. And now your full consciousness, your full awareness is on the divine attribute, attributes and the eternal identity of who you really are. And that's empowering. Janet, thank you for sharing your experiences with us. When you first started leaving your body before you had the NDE at the park, you mentioned that you were going into other dimensions. Can you explain what those dimensions were like? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, when I was little, so talk going back to when I was a really little child and I knew I was spiritually sensitive. Um, I could see things that most people couldn't see. I was observing things like, um, what do they call them? Like mandalas in the air. I could see them floating around in the air and they were like colored crystal globes of light. And I could sometimes see the outlines of beings or creatures or um, things in spirit. As a child, I had those experiences. Um, so those began to, I, I talked about how I had to shove that part of myself away so that I could interface with the mortal world and be a logical mortal being. Um, those experiences started to come back as I began having these um, drifting away from the body type experiences. Um, those dreams and visions and uh, seeing things with your spiritual eyes. So that's what I mean when I talk about being able to see into other dimensions. You're seeing things that most mortal people aren't necessarily witnessing, but doesn't mean that they're not there. You're just perceiving with spiritual eyes. And so what it was like, it was like being in my imagination. Um, when I was little, I was taught that your imagination is pretend that's not real. Don't pay attention to it. Stop daydreaming. Focus on your papers in front of your work, your schoolwork, and stop daydreaming. Stop looking out the window. Stop, 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 stop. Um, that stuff isn't real. It's just fairy tale land. Um, what I've come to learn since then is that is very real, that just because it's not visible with our tangible physical mortal eyes doesn't mean that it doesn't exist and that isn't, it isn't really there. And so most children have access to interpreting or seeing or experiencing many different dimensions. And it happens through that sacred space of your intuition and your, um, your imagination. 
So that's what it was like for me, was I would go into these deeply, profoundly amazing, like almost like meditative um, experiences where I would have real, literal experiences in my intuition, in my mind's eye, um, that later on proved to be very real. Um, you know, some people would call that psychic gifts or psychic travel or psychic sensitivities. Uh, that stuff is real. It's a part of who we are as divine beings. And we deserve to know that about ourselves. So that leads me into um, another story that really helped to solidify this for me. Because in the beginning, as these things were happening, I thought, am I just crazy? <laughs> Am I just making this up? Is this just really pretend or, or is this real? Um, one day I was sitting on my bed. This was about a month after my mother had passed away and she showed herself to me and I, um, she did not look like her physical body. Usually when people come to you through the veil, they show themselves to you in a way that would be meaningful for you, that you would recognize them. She didn't do that. She did not look like her physical body. Um, she, it was the most beautiful being I've ever laid eyes on. Not that my mother wasn't beautiful, but this was divinity and glory and light and purity. It was luminous and radiant. And I still can't come up with words to describe the experience of being able to see her that way. And, um, I had a little chat with her as that it was a little short, maybe five or six second vision. It was just a glimpse of her. And I remember thinking to myself, mom, like my jaw dropped to the floor. It was so beautiful. And the only way that I actually knew that it was her was because I could, um, I felt her presence and I saw the light in her eyes and I recognized that light or that look in her eyes. And, um, and she didn't say a word. She just pointed at herself and she's like, look, this is me. And um, intuitively, I got the sense that that was her. And my question to her was, did you ever know that about yourself when you lived in this physical dimension? When you lived in a mortal body, did you know that this was you? And the answer was no. And I sat there and pondered on that. And I thought, that's tragic. Like, that's a tragedy that a human being can go almost 80 years, well, more than 80 years of living their life in a mortal domain and never really know who they truly are as a divine being. That's tragic to me. And so from that moment on, I made it, I made a covenant with myself that I would help to be a catalyst for helping other people connect with that part of themselves, the, the infinite, the divine, that pure consciousness, that part of you that is nothing but just pure love and joy and peace. And, um, and that's what I did. I made it my life's work. Um, I think that every human deserves to know how awesome they are. Every human, all of us have this ability to connect and you don't have to die to do it. Although death is a beautiful process, it's a wonderful process, it's a peaceful process. It's very forgiving, it's very um, compassionate. It's, it's a tender mercy 
to pass through the corridor of death. It's beautiful. When you left your body and you saw it laying there on the ground, did you become disinterested in it? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good definition. Um, yeah, a lot of people asked me, weren't you worried about your husband and your children and your, you know, the details of your life? And I said, no, not at all. I was just in a perfect place of peace. I wasn't stressed out about them. Like, like I said before, as I witnessed all these women kind of running around on their cell phones, some of them were crying. Some of them were trying to resuscitate the body. Um, lots of freaking out going on, lots of panic, lots of um, sadness. People were crying. And I remember just thinking to myself, why are they acting like that? It doesn't make any sense. I don't understand it. I couldn't comprehend why they were doing that. So it wasn't that I didn't care about my family and it wasn't that I was indifferent about it. It was that I was just in a place of perfect and absolute peace that it's okay. I'm okay. I'm right here. I haven't left. Nothing happened to me that was so traumatic. It's just a body. And really the, the realization is that it's just a body. It's dirt and water. It's having an experience when you're in it. Your, your body is just material matter. That's having an experience, but it's not the sum total of you. In fact, if anything, it's kind of preventing you from knowing you. Has the memory of this experience faded over time? Mm -mm. No, no, not in the slightest. I, I didn't, I don't even think I've written it down and I should write it down. You know how sometimes when you have dreams, you're like, oh, where's a handbook? I got to write this down before it leaves me. It wasn't like that. It was, it was a living, real, breathing experience, even though I was not with my physical body. So no, the memory has not faded at all. If anything, um, as I've had more of these little episodes, you know, after that, I was, I was still sick. I wasn't healed. I wasn't better. And as I had more of those episodes, um, I actually got more insight, um, than, than that just at that one moment. You were out with your church group, which to me says that you, at least at one time, were Christian. Are you still Christian or have your spiritual beliefs changed over time? My spiritual beliefs have evolved over time as a result of this, for sure. Um, I My allegiance is not to any specific religion. My allegiance is to God, the creator of all it is. My allegiance is to, I do believe in Christ. I am very connected to Christ. I, I communicate with him on a regular basis, if not daily. So yeah, I, yes, um, I do believe in a Christ consciousness. I do believe in a being who calls himself Christ. Yeah, I do. But my um, ideology, the way that I see my my religious upbringing has dramatically shift over shifted over time just as i've gotten to know myself better and as i've gotten hadn't had those opportunities to step into that divine realm nobody gets to stand between you and the divine nobody has the right to do that nobody has the right to tell you hey 
this is what divinity looks like. This is what spirituality looks like. This, these are the rules around it. This is the box that it has to fit into. Um, I don't know that I buy into boxes as much as I used to, because as I've gotten to know God better or my higher self, um, and even Christ better as I've gotten to know uh, the divinity of these divine beings better through this these experiences. Um, I've learned that they they don't live in boxes and they don't confine you to boxes. And often the learning that they will give you is learning that doesn't fit in concise little mortal man-made paradigms. Um, and so in many ways, spiritual awakening through these kinds of, whether it's a drama or a trauma or a health challenge or a near-death experience, whatever is the catalyst for helping you to wake up, um, I think it's helping all of us as human beings really learn to redefine what it means to be human. Do you believe in reincarnation? Yeah, absolutely. I do. Do you think that having Lyme disease was... A lesson for you to learn or just a coincidence that happened to you while you were down here? Mm. No, I don't know. I don't believe in coincidence. I don't. I, I believe in mutual consent, mutual agreement, free will, the law of free will. So to a large degree, I personally feel that I wrote this into my plan, that I agreed uh, to having these types of experiences. Maybe I didn't know exactly how it was going to play out, but but that I agreed that I would have these types of experiences and drama and trauma happen, not to me, but through me um, as a tool to help, to help with spiritual awakening, to help overcome, to help me ascend, to help me to know myself better. Can you expand on going deeper within yourself causes you to have a, an NDE-like experience? Absolutely. Could, could we just take your audience through a little five-minute um, connection? Sure. Yeah. So if everybody, if you're listening to this right now, I want you to just kind of slow your energy down. And the best way to do that is to let go of your thoughts. So drop down out of your brain, and I want you to drop down deep into your body. So let your body become the new brain, okay? Your whole body, not just your head. So dropping down out of your mind and getting down deep into your body. And breathe. You'll notice that you kind of hold your breath as you're focusing on that. So open yourself up. Open up space by breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. On the exhale, can you just drop your shoulders and let go of tension? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna dissolve the body a little bit with your consciousness. You're gonna have to put on your pretend muscles. You're gonna have to go into your imagination, into the divine sacred spaces of your intuition deep inside your body. So let's drop down into the center of your body a good way to do that is to picture a beam of light going from the top of your head to the base of your spine. So breathe and focus on that center, 
that beam of light that goes from the top of the head to the base of the spine, down through your hips, down through your legs and out through your feet. That's your midline. So as you breathe, I want you to just drop down below your heart, breathing deeper. If you wanna go deeper into the foundation of your soul, breathe deeper. So breathe in deep through your nose. On the exhale, drop your shoulders. And just like you sink down into a volatile ocean, let's say you dropped into the ocean and the ocean is roaring and the waves are tumbling. As you drop down deeper into the ocean, down to the pelvic floor, deep into your body, you notice that the ocean isn't roaring deep down. It's peaceful and stable and still. So I just want you to say in your mind, Peace be still. And just drop down deeper and deeper into your soul. Resting at the base of the spine. This is a connecting point to your higher self. It's a portal to your higher self. So just drop down to the base of the spine and breathe. Again, just say peace, be still. Drop your shoulders on the exhale. Sinking down deeper and deeper. Now, this time as you go to the ocean floor, just resting, you know that you can breathe in that ocean floor and you're just breathing in liquid light, perfect and pure and luminous and radiant, just like breathing in the sunshine on a warm, sunny day. Breathe it in. On the exhale, let go of all the tension. If you have tension behind your eyes or in your throat, could you let that go? If you have tension in your neck or your shoulders, could you just drop that and let that go? And now with the breath, could you just imagine that your body is dissolving? It's disappearing. It's becoming invisible. So breathe into that for a minute. And as the body becomes more and more invisible, what's left? Who? are you? Who are you? And now I want you to think of one time in your life where you can remember being um, loving, compassionate, kind, sensitive, um, attentive. Maybe someone was sick and you took care of them because you just felt so much love for them. Maybe it was the time when you gave birth to a baby or you fell in love or you helped somebody and you, out of com pure compassion. Feel that feeling inside of you, deep inside the foundation of your soul and let it light up your being, your center from the top of your head to the bottoms of your feet. Ah, just breathe into that deeper and deeper and deeper. Just like you stepped into the sun and the sun stepped into the center of you. And can you just shine into that feeling of love, profound love? That feeling you get when you hold a puppy or a baby or your loved one and it's euphoric and love is pouring out of you. Notice what that feels like. In fact, Jeff, could you just 
Describe for me, what does that feel like for you? Give me adjectives. I'm always managing the podcast, so it's hard for me to really go all the way there. You know what I mean? You'll have to come back and do the replay. But did you get a sense of what it felt like? Yeah, I did, actually. I kind of felt like I was going into the black void. I just went to blackness. Yeah. Was it scary? Was it harmful? Was it peaceful? What was the feeling? Yeah, I would say it was peaceful. Yeah. That's what it's like to have the beginning stages of an NDE, is as you go into that blackness. Eventually, what will happen as you connect with the light and your light inside you gets bigger and brighter and more expansive and you push that light out, then you can connect with the divine. You can literally walk in the heavens with divine beings, angels and guides and loving beings. So that's the beginning stages of it. And if you are willing to develop a daily practice of sitting in that divine space, that sacred space, it expands, it's expansive. And it just, um, it gets better and better and better. And you can develop it over time. For people that are grieving over the loss of loved ones, what kind of advice do you have for them? My advice is go through this experience. Tap into your higher self where fear doesn't exist. Because in the divine presence, in the place where where you have a loved one that has laid their physical mortal body down, it doesn't mean they've ceased to exist. They're still there. They're still aware of you. They're still as aware of you, if not more aware of you than they were when they were in their brain and in their body. So um, my recommendation is develop a spiritual practice where you can go within your own self, tap into your own higher self, expand out, push your light out and connect with them. Talk to them. Have a really, I have a better relationship now with my mother who's deceased than I ever did as two mortal beings up in their brains connected to our egos, right? And interfacing with the mortal distractions of material. I have a better connection with her now than I ever did. So that would be my recommendation. And then the other thing is um, death isn't real. It's, it's an illusion. We pass through corridors as we go through phases of development as spiritual beings. So when we're here in this mortal dimension, we're just having a physical activity. We're carrying around bodies. Those cells are having an activity. They're engaging with our spiritual selves, our spirit matter, and having an activity. But just because you lay that body down, that's just a bunch of dirt and water and cells. It's not you. Um, just because you lay that down doesn't mean that you're dead. It just means you have stepped into, through a corridor, into another dimension that your loved ones can't necessarily lay their physical eyes on. But you can definitely continue to connect with those loved ones. That doesn't ever go away because we're infinite beings. We're divine, infinite, eternal beings. It behooves us to know our eternal identity. And eternal means forever. So we can evolve and change and grow materially in and out of material experiences, 
but you never cease to exist. Even God in Holy Writ said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. How is that possible? It's because he understands God, he, she, whatever it is, understands their eternal, infinite identity. And if you understand the nature of what infinity means, you are everything. You can't run out of time. You can't lose anything. Nothing can be taken from you and you can't die. So if you know that uh, on an infinite level and you're connected to your higher self deeply, profoundly, eternally, and you've developed your identity, you've connected with that identity of yourself, nothing can threaten you. You can't lose anything because you are everything. So nothing can threaten an infinite divine, eternal being. That is who you are. That feeling that I had you tap into, that feeling of profound love inside of you, that is you. That's who you are. It's all about love because that's who you are. So now what I do with quantum healing, when I take my students and my private mentoring um, clients through these incredible spiritual awakening, self-awareness exercises where they can really tap in. It's all about, it's all about awareness. It's all about self-awareness. It's all about learning who you are on a soul level and developing sovereignty and autonomy and realizing you don't need anything outside of you in this external world or this material world to complete you or to make you whole. So when you think you've lost a loved one, you haven't lost anything. You are everything you, because you're love. You're not going to run out of anything because you are everything, if that makes sense. So as you learn to tap into that part of you, literally, you can walk through life. Bombs could be going off all around you. And you could literally just walk through it and say, okay, it is what it is. And I'm okay. I'm okay. I was in a in an almost car accident several years ago after my NDEs, after I had learned to connect to my higher self. And um, my husband had taken his gaze away from the road to check something on the radio and in doing so ran a red light. And as we ran that red light, you know how when you're about, something's about to go down and time slows down and it just kind of goes, and everything just happens in slow motion. I saw two outcomes as it was, we were in slow motion. I saw the first outcome was I saw this giant truck coming my way and I was on the passenger side. I saw it hitting me and my body just exploding into a million pieces. I saw that. But then I also saw what ended up happening, which was the cars swirled out of control and ended up um, back on the road again. And I was okay with both outcomes. Like I, I looked at the truck, I could see it coming my way. I was okay with it. And I also was okay with having it not impact me in that way. And as the cars were swerving and swirling, I looked over at my husband, he was grabbing the steering wheel and he's white knuckling it, he's screaming. And I could see the people in their vehicle that were about to hit us. They were panicking and screeching on their brakes and screaming. And I was still leaned back in my chair with my drink in my hand, just kind of reclined and relaxed as I more relaxed than I've ever been. I didn't clench. I didn't clap down. I didn't go into fear. I just was like, okay, 
I'm having experience here. I didn't make that happen. It just sort of happened. And after it was over, my husband's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Why aren't you freaking out? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Cause normally I probably would have, it would have been terrifying to go through that. And he was still shaking and um, and I was just still reclined in my chair in this perfect state of peace. Like it is what it is. I'm okay. What do I have to worry about? Nothing. And I think it was because in that moment I was connected to my higher self. I didn't realize it until after I was connected to my higher self. And so there was no threat. There's no threat to an identity, a being who is infinite and divine and eternal and powerful and glorious. So if you can learn how to tap into that level of your own identity, you are powerful. You are sovereign. You are autonomous. You don't need people to fill your voids. You don't need possessions or anything outside of you to fill the void because there is no void. You just are who you are and you're okay. And I believe that we can live, we can live in this mortal dimension that way. I do. After your NDE, did you notice that you had any new abilities that could be considered psychic that you didn't have prior? Um, absolutely. And, and I don't know if it's that I got them then, because I always knew that as a little child, I was really in tune. I was sensitive. Um, those sensitivities were very much awake in me as a little kid, but then I buried them, right? So I could function. Um, but then it, those things were awakened in me again, as I went through these experiences where I was away from the body. But again, the thing about this is you don't have to have an NDE to awaken spiritual gifts. You just have to recognize that you aren't the body and you have to have tools to learn how to connect to the part of you that is sovereign and divine and infinite. If you have tools and you can learn how to do that and you make it a daily practice, you can have NDEs every day. Janet, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions. Are you up for that? Oh, yeah. Always, always. This is all about you guys and your journey. And so I'm more than happy to hold space for that. Um, I do a couple of different things. I do body readings where um, if you share with me what your symptoms are, I will share back with you what uh, your body's saying to you and about you. So I do that. Um, they can find me at janetthurgood.com. That's where all my information is. They can register for my free classes there. And then I, I do have a channel on YouTube called Greater Life, Greater Impact. So they can watch the replays of those classes there too. What is the name of your podcast? It's called Greater Life, Greater Impact. It's just a channel on YouTube. Are you working on anything else that you want us to know about? Right now, mostly that. I do do private mentoring on the side. Um, if people feel like that's, a, that's something that they're being called to or they would benefit from. Um, I also have a certification program that I've created. I've put together. Um, I did this several years ago, but I teach six different certifications in quantum healing. So if people are interested in that journey, then they can ask me more questions about that as well. Before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? The biggest takeaway for me in having these shifts in perspective and separating from the body and coming back in is 
um, it's not about the doing. It's about who you be. It's about remembering who you are when you stand in your beingness. That's what it's about. And at the root core of who you really are, every one of you that's watching this is love. The highest levels of love, greater love than you've ever imagined that you had access to. You don't need love gifted to you because you are all the love that you think you need. So my takeaway is just be, just be. Go inside, connect to your higher self and just be. The doing will come naturally. You don't have to stress about it. Just be. Janet, thank you for that message and thank you for being my guest. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.